want to share a couple testimonies. Would that be good? Yes. Different things that are happening. There's, there's always things that are happening. And I just think we need to hear. We need to take more time and share about it. So I'm going to, one of them I'm going to just kind of paraphrase and the other one I'm going to read because the person that wrote it just did such a good job. But um, the, the first one I want to read, uh, uh, this one I'll just refer to, but this was back, I got it right in front of me, where's it at here? There we go. All right. So this was back uh, on the beginning of October. Um, there was um, uh, somebody that, you know, we got bus routes here at the daycare. We got buses going and people driving the buses and everything. And there's a place to check in the keys. And uh, they checked them in, checked the keys in, and then the afternoon driver went to get the keys to drive the afternoon route, and where are they? They're not there. And they looked and looked and looked, and, and the keys were not there. I mean, we don't know to this day where the keys, what happened to them. Um, so uh, the, um, the team sort of... Um, you know, they pretty much turned the daycare, I think, from what I heard, upside down looking for those keys. And looked in the trash, looked, uh, Brendan, what was Brendan the, the morning, you're the morning driver? Yes. Or you the afternoon driver? You were the morning driver. And so, um, but he knows he put the keys up there. Yeah. And we, we know he's honest, and so we know he put them there, but, <laughs> but they weren't there. Yeah. Right. Right. We're not accusing him of that, they just weren't there. Yeah. Yeah. And they looked and looked, and you looked, and th you went through everything. You went through the trash, and you thought maybe somebody put it in the trash. You tore your truck apart, almost. Like four or five hours. Yeah, four or five hours looking for the keys. <laughs> have you ever done something like that? Yeah. I have. And so they, they couldn't find them. They just couldn't find them. So, you know, they, just, you know, they asked me, and, well, I think maybe they decided, and then they said, is that all right? And I said, fine. And they said, we're going to take the bus. Did you have another set? How did you get the bus home? You have multiple sets, but that set was gone. So you don't know if somebody came in, saw them, because they weren't visible to the public, but somebody kind of spied it out to know where the keys were being put or whatever. We didn't know if somebody had stolen them, you know, just parents in and out of the daycare and so forth. So we just decided, okay, we're going to take the bus home. To, uh, we're to one of the staff's home for the night so that people can't decide to come and get it if they have the keys. In the meantime, we'll change the, you know, key. How do you do that? Change the locks, get a guy in here to change the key. And, you know, we're just going to be wise and not let, let the devil have any buses. So what was it? Uh, about a week later, you were over in the EDM, the building over here, and uh, he was... Brendan was, and he's, he's putting out his angels. He said, angels, you go and get those keys. Everybody at the daycare is charging angels. Go get those keys. <laughs> and uh, they were, you were over at the EDM working. You had some things to load on your truck or do whatever. For, you were over there about 20 minutes. He had the big garage door open. I don't know if you know where that big garage door is over there. He had that open. And he's walking back and forth, putting stuff in his truck. His rain and his windows are up. His doors are closed. And uh, he's, you know, around, so it's not like somebody could walk up and just sort of open the door or anything. It wasn't like, he said there were like three people that walked through the grass at a distance, but nobody came close or anything. And he finished up, what, after about 20 minutes? And, uh, and Brian actually had been there and saw you tearing your truck apart, so he was a witness that Brendan's keys were not in his truck. 
I mean, the bus keys were not as But he said he got done about 20 minutes over there. Um, tell me if I'm telling this right. And after 20 minutes, he got finished with all he was doing. He got in his truck to get to take his truck wherever he was going and looked. And right there in the cup holder were the keys. Did I tell that pretty accurately? Somebody said, well, I don't know what that was. I do. I do. That was an angel. (laughs) Somebody said, where did he get him? I don't know. It doesn't matter. We got the keys back. I've, I've heard testimonies like that before, and now, now this is one just up there like, like, like others I've heard. We had a pastor's wife tell us we were really good folks, good, good pastors over in Illinois. We had good fellowship with them. They'd been in the ministry for a really long time, very, very proficient in the move of the Holy Ghost. This pastor's wife told us a story. She said she had been in a, uh, she had a uh, heirloom ring, you know, from it was her grandmother or somebody, some very valuable ring. It wasn't just valuable monetarily, but it was valuable because of who gave it to her, you know, that she just lost it. She couldn't find it for anything. And she went through her house, tore the thing apart, tore the closets apart, tore the dresser apart, everything trying to find that thing. And it just wasn't there. She sat down in the living room and she said, okay, I'm just going to charge my angels to go get that ring and bring it back to me. She said she did. And she's just praising God. And and these are not people that that are liars. These are seasoned ministers. God used them for decades, moves of the Holy Ghost, all kinds of things. And... uh, she said, she, she did, and she released, and she said, I was sitting in the living room, I opened my eyes, and there in the middle of the floor, in the carpet, is the ring laying right in the middle of the floor. You don't tear your, part of your house apart and miss that. It's just obvious right there. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm telling you, we got help, we got help from heaven on everything we do. So that's a good testimony. I thought you'd want to shout on that one. You want to hear another one? I don't know if Alexis is here tonight. She here? Where's she at? There you are. I'm going to tell one that, that they have. Uh, I'm going to read hers. I think she's an author. Maybe she doesn't know it yet, but she does so well. Um, let me see. They wanted to thank us for praying. Um, uh, let's see here. I want to tell the testimony of how everything went yesterday and show, and give God the glory, what he'd done. I, I do, I do uh, apologize the lengthiness of this testimony in advance. As you know, Monday on a regular scheduled baby's appointment, our doctor became very alarmed at Uriah. That's the baby in, in um, the belly right now, in the, in the oven right now. <laughs> Was, uh, as you know, in regular doctor's appointment, Uriah was in fact in breech position in the womb. His head appeared to be positioned and lodged up on my right uh, rib cage. He quickly, or excuse me, the doctor quickly, uh, or the nurse, let us know that we would need to do, uh, schedule an emergency C-section within 48 hours. Now, you got to realize, um, they got some experience in this because the doctors have said all along all kinds of stuff and almost got mad at them. Because they didn't listen to the doctors, they listened to the Holy Ghost. And they're, they're having a supernatural experience in a lot of things that God's doing for them. But um, um, she, she wanted to do an emergency session within 48 hours since she had, within 48 hours of that meeting or that, that appointment. Um, since he was a good sized and healthy baby and ready to come at any time, eating corn from Iowa, I'm telling you, right? <laughs> 
And we were already showing signs of things progressing. In other words, it's pretty close that he's going to be born. And, they, and I then went on to ask if that was our only option to move forward. That's one of the things that stood out to me the greatest right there. Is she, had something, she didn't have that in her spirit. So she gently said, is there, is there other options? She and Noah, yeah. Yeah. Noah had a part in this. The doctors paused and said that she would be willing to attempt what is called an external cephalic, how do you say it, uh, version, cephalic version, now a procedure to turn Uriah inside the womb and to get him in, into the optimal position for delivery. The doctor then stated that due to our case that the odds of this working would not be in our favor, less than 10%, and the chance of it being successful would be very small, but that she would be willing to try it for us. She said, Uriah was measuring at a, at a newborn's weight already, and that due to my short stature and being my, a first-time mom, there simply was not a lot of room to move him around in the stomach and being so close to delivery. Noah and I immediately knew that in our spirits that we, want, we wanted to go forward with the EV, ECV, it's called, procedure that uh, is where we had peace about proceeding. Are you all still enjoying this? Yes. I just thought this was so well written. We knew in our hearts that by faith that we had been speaking and declaring the entire time how labor and delivery was going to go, and a C-section was not a part of that plan. <clears throat> Since we still had peace, the doctor scheduled an ECV for the very next morning. Noah and I got into agreement about how everything was going to go, and Uriah would turn and be in the right place at the right time. And we continued to just thank God and praise him for literally turning the situation around. That's, that's, yes. <laughs> In Jesus' name. That night at home, we tried every natural thing that the doctor gave us to help him get into the right position. From doing headstands. You don't believe that. You didn't do headstands. You did headstands. <laughs> to placing an ice pack over the top of the stomach. In other words, for him to sort of kind of want to move away from that. <laughs> um, this is, I guess, some of the ideas they gave him. Um, uh, la, 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 let's see here. I lost my place. Okay. They even had a light, had a shine a flashlight into the bottom of the stomach and sing to him to try to get his, try and draw his attention to the lower stomach. Isn't that amazing? They, they, they know that babies move towards the light. Isn't that amazing? That is, that is amazing to me. So... We finally got, uh, just got to the place where we can not explain it, but we just knew beyond that we knew that everything would turn out how it was supposed to be. In other words, they just went to bed. <laughs> they went to bed that night with faith in their heart, knowing, God, uh, knowing faith in God and his word is what got us this far, and that faith in him was what would give us, uh, get us across the finish line. That, the morning drive to the hospital, we sang, laughed, and prayed until we hit a note of victory in the hospital parking lot. As we boarded the elevator to go to the labor delivery, I turned to Noah and told him I sensed the heavenly assistant, an angel, was with us to assist us. Now, before I go any further, we had got word that, that this, this that, that discovered Uriah was breached, and so they asked us to agree, and so Pastor Debbie and I did, and we got into agreement, and while we were praying, just listen to me, I'm telling you, just telling you. Just telling you. The same angel that showed up to help uh, 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 Maya and Andre sell that property years ago. That same angel showed up in our, in our bedroom. I, mean, I didn't see him, but he showed up. I knew he was there. 
And I said, Lord, what is this? And he said, this is the same angel. He said that he works with you in the prophet's reward for those that honor you in your office. I said, go, turn that baby. Now that's my side of it. But she said, I sense in the, in the elevator going up, I sense an angel was with us to assist us. On our way to our room, we passed the OR operating room, that they were getting ready in case we would, need, uh, we would need to use it. Noah and I knew that we would not be setting our foot inside that OR and that God had us. We physically felt the pure peace of God and mo- momentum of faith all of, uh, of all those who had prayed and we were standing and we were standing with us. It was inescapable as we walked into our room. In our room at the hospital, we had, our doc- had one doctor come. I'm, I'm enjoying this. I hope you're enjoying this. We had one doctor come in to, conf- uh, to confirm Uriah was still breached on the ultrasound. <coughs> she located where he, had, where he was and confirmed he was not only breached, but they, he actually was what they called completed, completed breach. Am I saying that right? Which is apparently the worst and most dangerous breach. She told us that they would see what they could do and hope for the best. She began to press on my stomach and I felt Noah squeeze my hand. We both knew at that minute that we had been speaking, the, uh, that, that we had uh, been speaking that the right doctor would be assisting to, assisted to help us. And well, this kind lady was not that doctor. <laughs> Miss Alexis is writing this. She's so kind. This kind lady was not that doctor. This doctor said maybe we should try to get your ride to go to do a forward roll. I knew something in my spirit that did not sit right with me. And I could tell by Noah's face, he sensed that too. I nodded to Noah in silent agreement. And just as we were about to speak up, the doctor paused and said she was going to go get another doctor out of surgery and have the doctor come help us instead. Out of surgery. That's amazing. Okay, let him in there, you know. Opened up. <laughs> this was the exact doctor Noah and I had peace about. And it was the doctor who discovered that Uriah was breached. She came in the room with a peaceful smile, said, look at the, she looked at the ultrasound monitor and told Uriah he could not be a turkey. <laughs> She said she would try to the, the procedure only three times as long as Uriah's heart rate was good and labor did not progress and that afterward there was no, uh, no, uh, not much she could do. She's going to try it three times, just check his heart rate, make sure it wasn't too much on the baby. Um, there was not much, she didn't want to go more than three times. Uh, let's see here, I lost my place. Uh, as she went to leave... Uh, Okay, as she went to learn, as she went to lean the bed back into position, she explained that the mother who got the best results of this procedure was the one who just totally relaxed and not clam up. As she leaned the bed back, I just dipped down into the spirit, into the sacred place, knowing that God had us in the palm of his hand. Oh, man, man, man. I'm telling you, you might think I'm not preaching yet, but she's preaching tonight. I sensed the angel was right beside this doctor and was helping to position her hands and to guide her on what to do. She began to push deeply on my stomach and and digging in between the stomach muscles. The doctor then said she believed Uriah needed to actually do a complete backflip head over heels and not a forward roll. After she got him dislodged, 
she started to roll him backwards. But when she seemed to get stuck, here's the, here's the part. When he seemed to get stuck a, again at about the nine o'clock position, I saw the nurse in the room tense up. And Noah was praying quietly under his breath. The doctor paused and was obviously contemplating making a decision. In other words, something, something needs to, they, they, we, we, they're thinking maybe we need to do the surgery or something. Uh, making a decision. Noah, went in his, Noah knew in his spirit she was supposed to continue with the backflip. The doctor then stopped, moved her hands, shook her head, no, and kept pushing in the same direction. Just at that very moment, I felt something move or turn inside of me so that Uriah could pass right on through. I'm pretty sure that angel was helping to move something at that time. Then from there Uriah just sailed with the gentle guidance of the doctor's hands right now down into the complete right position. <clears throat> the doctor leaned back and ex exclaimed, I got it. The nurses cheered, no, and I praise the Lord. And one of the nurses said, yes, indeed, praise the Lord. Now, here's the testimony. I mean, we, we, this, this whole thing's a testimony, but here's what the doctor said. Um, uh, the doctor stated that she had never had an easier full breach aversion and that she had never gotten it completely on the first try before, like in our case. The doctor looked at Uriah on the monitor again, and of course, he was perfectly at peace, or excuse me, perfectly in pl place, and he had a perfect heart rate and was very happy, she said. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if she asked him or how she knew that. But <laughs> Thank you again for your prayers and faith. We greatly appreciate all the family support. Praise God. Praise God. So they give God the glory and they look forward to welcoming Uriah. Amen. Bring him to, me, bring him to church. Praise the Lord. Isn't that a good testimony? Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. You're so faithful. You're so good to us. We give you the glory. Thank you for the ways you move in our lives. Thank you for all the help from heaven. Thank you for the angels. Thank you, Father, for the equipping, uh, the leading of the Spirit, all the things that, that come into hearing testimonies like this. Father, we are not just uh, listening to a good testimony. We're learning ways you work. We're learning how you do things. Father, Father, we're learning. Hallelujah. We're learning, we're learning, we're learning. And the more we learn, the more results we get, Father. We're learning to cooperate with you. We thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Glory, glory, glory. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I'm telling you, we just ought to read more of these, shouldn't we? This is a pretty good. Praise the Lord. I don't know, but uh, I think when we go to heaven, you may be seated. Uh, we're going to see a lot of videos of a lot of things. And, you know, I, I want to see this video. I want to see, okay, let me see that angel. Let me see how he did that. <laughs> Somebody said, I doubt, I doubt really a lot of the supernatural. Well, then doubt and do without. Just doubt and do without. You, you live your life without, I'm going to live a life of all the assistance heaven has for me. Amen. If you brought your Bible, go to John chapter number 14. 
We won't preach as long as normal tonight. We've really already been preaching, haven't we? John 14. Um, I was, uh, I was, well, I'll just read this verse. John 14, 27, and I'm going to read it in the Amplified. In fact, let's just read it in the Amplified first for time's sake tonight. John's Gospel, the chapter 14, verse number 27, and we're going to read it in the Amplified. You know it in the King James, but it says, uh, Peace I leave with you. This is Jesus talking right before he left. How many of you know that he actually did that? So it's available to us. We don't have to pray for peace. It's, it's been given. Besides that, the new birth, one of the natures of the re- recreated, born-again human spirit is the uh, peace of God. Love, joy, peace. Remember the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Um, he did leave it with us. And he said in the Amplified, my own peace I now give and bequeath to you. Now, think about his own peace that he walked in on this earth. He had, we know, we have record of the opposition that came against him through the Pharisees the religious people, the persecution. I mean, one time they tried to throw him off of a cliff. I mean, there's, there's, there's antagonism against him in the spirit. And uh, we have limited record um, of what came against him in the spirit realm, just against his mind. But yet, you know, that was more intense than anything manifesting in the natural even. Just yakety yak. You know, there was all sorts of opposition against him spiritually, demonic things and so forth and so on. And yet he walked in such peace that like, for example, whenever the storm, they were in the boat going across the, sto- going across the lake. You remember that? He's sleeping on a pillow in the back of the boat. And this is not a, a uh, you know, carnival cruise line cruise ship. You know, those big things are 14 times the size of this building or whatever, almost. But no, this is a little boat that probably would, would, would fit between me and the wall right there. I'm talking about long ways. That's not very big. And that thing's on those waves going like this. You know it. And they had to wake him up. He's, he's in such peace. He said, my peace I leave with you. That's the kind of peace that can sleep through the storm. And it's the kind of peace like Jesus before he was crucified. The night before he was arrested and eventually crucified. He was in such peace that John leaned on him to to draw from the peace that he was walking in. Jesus full well knowing what's coming. The arrest. The the flogging. All all the prophecies. He knew he's going to have a crown of thorns on his He knew his back's going to be, uh, you know, hit with stripes. He knew that he's going to be crucified. A cruel crucifixion. A cruel death. And yet he's in such peace. Not stressed about it. Not anxious about it. You know what I'm talking about? That, that John leaned on him that night to, just to get some, uh, just to draw on the peace that he's walking in. Wow. Praise the Lord. He said, my peace I leave with you. Tell your neighbor that's available to you. My peace I leave with you. My own peace I now give and bequeath to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Now think about that. The world tries to say, okay, the the circumstances can, if the circumstances tap down or tamp down, then, then we can have peace. Jesus said, not my peace I give to you is not dependent on circumstances. It's dependent on your faith. 
That's why Jesus could sleep in the storm, because of his faith. Amen. Amen. And that's the kind that uh, will, will just carry you through. It doesn't matter the circumstances. It'll carry. And, and it's almost like you're in a bubble of protection. You're resting in him. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Do not let your heart be troubled. Okay, so first of all, he's talking about, in the first part of this verse, he's talking about his part. And then he says that you and I have some responsibility. Are you still with me tonight? Do not let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And the Amplified goes on to say, stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed and do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. Can you do that? Can you do what he told you to do? Can, can you not allow yourself to, to, to be troubled? Can you do that? Well, if circumstances are okay, you can do that. No, you can do that regardless of circumstances. Regardless of the yakety yak yak of the enemy. Say it out loud. I can do what God told me to do. So stop allowing yourself. So the responsibility there is, is turned to you and I. So uh, don't, be, don't be agitated and disturbed. And don't permit yourself. So we got to don't allow, don't permit to be fearful, intimidated, cowardly, and unsettled. And so, um, God, Jesus, the last parting gift to you and me was his peace. Wow. That's, a, that's available in this life. Whatever comes up, not tripping out, not stressing out, not taking it into our thought life, not being worried, not being anxious. Come on, somebody. In other words, he said he left it with us. So this peace can be our, and, and is our constant companion through life from the day we're born again to the day we say, there he is, I'm going to be with Jesus. That's, it's our constant companion. He, he's not here in the flesh, but his peace he did leave here with, with us. Praise the Lord. How many of you want to walk through life with that? Praise the Lord. This whole life, this whole, this whole earth life. And so... Um, if you learn to turn towards this peace, because that's, that's what, what you've got to do in the circumstances of life. The devil uses circumstances to grab people's attention. And that's why they lose their peace. We're going somewhere tonight. So if you learn to turn toward this peace in the circumstances of life, you'll live well. Say, that's what I want to do. I want to live well. I want to live skillfully in this peace. Over in Nigeria, I was preaching, and they taught me some Nigerian, you know, statements or whatever you call them, ways of saying it over there. And over there, they say, well, well. well, well. You live well, well. Yeah, Praise God. That's the way I'm going to live. I'm going to live well, well. Amen. Well, well. Yes. And so, you got to learn to uh, practice what the Word says to do here to do this. Um, but you can really have a good life. People sometimes say, well, the life is just so hard. Not if you practice the word. Not if you practice the word. The word will make you peaceful by keeping your attention on it. You know, anybody can, anybody can stress out and get all anxious. I mean, any weak Christian can do that. But it takes a strong Christian to do what I'm talking about. But that's who we're preaching to. We're preaching to strong Christians. Amen. 
And so um, I heard a man recently, in fact, this is just why I'm preaching on this tonight, because it just kept sticking with me. It's like, we got to get this message out. He was a believer. I heard him on, online. He was a believer, and he said he got to... Uh, tr- he got to thinking about some of the stuff going on in the world, the, the wars and stuff, and how stuff looks like it could blow apart any minute. And he said he was so stressed out and so worried about it. And he said he was he was uh, he he turned toward God and he, he started praying. And he said he said I just wanted you to know God gave me peace over all this. Yes. And I, I heard him say that, and I said right out loud, No, he didn't. Come on, come on, come on. He said he didn't. See, he was saying, God gave me peace right then. I said, no, he didn't. He gave you that 2,000 years ago. You just turn toward it, turn your attention toward God, and what was there all along manifested. It wasn't that God did something, it was that you did something. And I kept thinking, we got to teach people this. We got to teach people this. We got to teach people this. It's not God give me peace. People say, why won't God give me peace? Well, Colossians tells you, and this verse tells you, Colossians 3.15. Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of God rule. Let it rule. I know we preached on this for decades now, but... It just came real strong to me again. Let it rule. He didn't say, ask God to give you peace. He said, let it rule. People say, why won't God give me peace? Well, the question really is, why won't you let it rule? It's there. He left it for us. Didn't that what he said? He left us this peace. My peace, I leave with you. So did he do that or did he not do that? Amen, amen, amen. And so when, when that man prayed, he turned towards that peace that was there and available the whole time. Uh, but the reason that he wasn't experiencing it, experiencing it is because his attention was on other things. And that's how you open the door to the enemy to rob you of your peace. What your attention is on, what you're thinking about. Amen. Somebody said, I've got this down, Pastor. Not like we're going to have it down. Not, we're, we're getting better and better and better at this so that we don't even for a moment lose our peace. Remember Philippians 1.28? That not for a moment. Not for a moment. Are you fearful or anxious about anything? Not for a moment. That's in the Amplified, Philippians 1.28. That's a good verse. I don't know if we'll get to it tonight. But, so, uh, but when you turn your attention towards God, you just tapped into what has been there the whole time. The reason you weren't experiencing is because your attention was on the wrong thing. Do you know how often God deals with me about my attention? All the time. And, and that's what I want to just get across to you again tonight. Where's your attention? If you're not sleeping at night, if you're struggling with, with, you know, panic attacks or whatever, things that are trying to get in through watching this and that and your tensions on the reports and all of this, the corruption in the government and all this stuff, you know what I'm talking about? I'm not saying don't, I'm not saying just ignore it, but I'm saying pull the needle out. You know what I mean by the needle? You got to get your attention on what God said. Yeah, but I'm worried about it. Yeah, but that's not going to fix it. Yeah, you, you, to fix it, you got to be in faith. Amen. Praise the Lord. I know this is nothing new tonight, but it's just what I had on my heart. And so, um, 
you, you, you're going to get more and more between now and the end, you know, when Jesus comes and everything, you're going to get more and more opportunities to practice this. So you might as well just get real good at it. Just, just, that's how you get good at this. You practice it. Just keep on practicing it. Amen. Peace is not the result of God giving you something. Uh, he already did that, right? It's the result of turning your attention toward the right thing. Amen. Amen. So uh, people say, um, you know, God, I need this. I need peace or whatever. But really, his peace is in his word. His peace is in his word. He not only left you his peace. Go to Isaiah 50, 55, verses 8 and 9. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. He said there, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my thoughts above your thoughts and my ways above your ways. And then he said, as the rain cometh down from heaven, returns not thither except, King, King James says, but water, uh, but as King, the actual Greek says, uh, I mean Hebrew says, except it waters the earth. Yes. That it might bring forth yes. seed to the sower and bread to the eat or something yes. like that. So shall my word be. So shall my word be. It goes forth out of my mouth. Yeah. Yes. Should not return unto me void to accomplish that which I please and so forth and prosper in the thing I sent it to. So notice he said, my thoughts, my thoughts and my ways are higher than your ways and your thoughts. But then he said, but I'm sending it down to you, my thoughts and my ways down to you in my word. That's what he's basically saying. He's offering you his thoughts. His thoughts are in his word. Now go to Isaiah 26, 3. I know we've looked at all these verses, but Isaiah 26, 3. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed, not every now and then, just Sunday and Wednesdays, stayed, stayed on thee. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind. So the mind, the, the mind and the attention, he connects that to walking in perfect peace. What you do with your mind and your attention, he says, that's connected to whether you're going to walk in peace or not. Yes. So when he says here, don't let, in John 14, 27, don't let your heart be troubled. Yes. What he's talking about is what your attention is on. Yes. That's how you let it be troubled. Yes. To have it perfect peace, keep your mind stayed on the word of God. Yes. We're learning to do that. I, the further I go in the plan of God, the more is it coming against me in the spirit realm. Do you know what I mean by <laughs> threats over here? This person's going to blow up. This, this is going to, this is going to fall apart. That's not going to work. Blah, 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 blah. And it's just, woo. the further I go, the more is opposing me. Do I make any sense? But also the further I walk, the, and I have more opportunities all the time now to just pull my attention, to, to unplug from, from that vexation and torment and harassment in the spirit realm and just say, I'm, not, I'm choosing something different. I'm going to put my mind on the Lord. And the moment that you do that, you go from wanting to not do the will of God anymore or you're wanting to quit to... Why was I even thinking those thoughts? Am I making any sense? It's, it's, it's a, <laughs> this is the battleground right here. Satan's battleground right here. What's your attention on? What's your mind on? Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, we can preach this and preach this and preach this and preach this and, and, and still find little areas. We got to, okay, I'm going to tweak that. I'm going to tweak that. I'm going to tweak that. Praise the Lord. 
So it's not God giving us peace, it's, uh, it's letting it rule. Notice, notice rule is a dominion word. The peace of God is to be dominating us. It's to be, it's to be what governs us. It's to be what people sense when they get around us. In the spirit realm, we should not look like that character in the pig pen commercial, pig pen, uh, what do you call those cartoons? Linus. Remember how in the, in the, in, in around his head was always this. Remember that? That should not be us in the spirit realm. When people get around us, it ought to, we ought to be, whether it's at the job, whether it's at church, wherever, not, not just at church, but wherever we go, we ought to be an oasis of peace. When we check out to the grocery store, people ought to go, wow, it's just nice to meet you today. And it was, wasn't you, it was the peace that you're walking in. Come on, somebody. We got a chance to be a light in a confused, harassed world around us. So um, people say that, why won't God give me peace? They almost say it accusatively. Like he's not doing something he's supposed to be doing. Right? But it's, it's doing the word that causes the word to work for us. Um, so the devil loves troubling our minds. He's trying to get into even believers' thought life. He wants to harass. Amen. But he can't. Remember Ephesians 4.27. Neither give place to the devil. Neither give place. You know the only time he can have a place in believers lives. Is if they give it to him. They have to give it to him. He cannot just take a place. It didn't say he can just come take a place. It says believers have to give him the place. We've got to get a hold of the authority of the believer. Yes, that, what, that's really is, what that really is is the authority of the believer. Yes. The believer can keep the devil from taking a place. And that includes in his mind a place of torment in his mind. The believer can keep that from happening. Yes. It's not something God sovereignly does for us. He did his part. He gave us the peace. But the believer can keep his mind from being tormented by keeping his mind stayed on the Lord. Amen. So neither give place to the devil. If, the, if there's torment in our mind, if we're struggling in our thought life, if there's, if there's harassing thoughts and we can't get to sleep. Now, now hear, this, hear this the way the Bible's saying it. It's because we're allowing it. Now, maybe, maybe somebody's doing it ignorantly. They, don't, they weren't aware of how the devil operates because he wants us to be ignorant of his devices, the Bible says. But he, yet right on the other hand, can't do it unless we allow it. Uh, a lady came up to Brother Hagin. There was a lady that was healed in one of his meetings. And a lady came up to Brother Hagin, and a lady that had been in the church for a long time and uh, needed healing also. And she said, why, why? She, was, she was recognizing this other lady had been healed. She was a younger Christian, but she had already been healed. And she hadn't been healed herself. And she said to Brother Hagin, why, I want you to answer something for me. Well, she said, well, if you can, what's your question? Why won't God heal me? And Brother Hagin said, turned it back on her and said, why won't you agree with God? Basically saying he already did. You understand? Uh, that, that's where people, and as long as we preach that, that's where Christians get tripped up. You understand? So people say, why won't God give me peace? Well, why won't you keep your mind stayed on the Lord? Now the devil will tell you, 
I can't help it. I can't help but worry. But let me see, let me ask you a question. Whose mind is it? Is it the devil's mind? That, that he can just do whatever he wants? No, it's your mind. And he can, can't have a place in your mind unless you give it to him. Now, it can seem almost sometimes as if you, a person, they can, they can say things like, well, it just seems like I can't help it. I just, I just, my mind, I get, so my mind is racing and so forth. That's believing a lie. You can help it. Amen. Whether it's big harassment or little harassment, you can help it. You have authority. You can do what Jesus said. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let the devil harass you like that. Amen. Now, you have to learn how to do that. And it takes practice. You get good at spiritual things by practice, just like you get good at natural things by practice. I didn't know how to ride a bike when I was real young, but I just kept on practicing. Eventually, I got it. And today I can do it without even thinking about it, right? I haven't ridden a bike for 14 years, but I could jump on one right now and I can just, right? It's just, I got it. And, and you can get good at spiritual things too, where it's autom- almost automatic to when a thought comes that's not right, you can say, it's written, and you answer that. I've even done it in my sleep whenever I'm asleep and then Satan comes with harassment in the nighttime. I've woken up with my spirit answering it. And when I woke up, my voice picked up where my spirit was and finished the sentence. Yes, amen, amen, come on. Because it's so, the word is so in me, right? The devil thought he'd try to get it, take an advantage of an opportunity where my mind is not alert and he was going to try to harass me and my spirit rose up, raised up a standard against it. And I woke up and my mouth picked up right in the middle of the sentence. That's where you can get. Just blessed you with that spit. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Don't let it, don't let it, don't let your heart be troubled. Now, sometimes people say, it just seems like I can't, I can't help it. But in reality, whether we know it or not, and sometimes Christians don't know it, we just need to teach them. It's not, it doesn't make them bad people, you understand. But they are cooperating with him by taking his thoughts into their mind. Amen. And then thinking those thoughts after him. And so uh, we got to teach people how to not give place to the devil. And you don't just say it by, you don't just stop the devil by saying, no, no Satan in Jesus' name. You have to control your thought life. Amen. Well, I have to know what's going on. Why do you have to know what's going on? Amen. Come on, folks. So he offers you his peace, but his peace is in his thoughts. You can't take the enemy's thoughts and have God's peace. Holy <laughs> Ghost said that to me the other day. You can't take the enemy's thoughts and have God's peace. Come on. Well, you have to take God's thoughts to take his peace. Praise the Lord. So, um, it's offered. Say it's offered. God's thoughts are offered and his peace is offered. Um, but it's offered in his thoughts and you have to take his thoughts to have his peace. So, um, if the enemy's attacking like thoughts of financial lack or something like that, there's, there's a million, myriad different ways that he comes. But, 
But take thoughts from 1 Peter 5, 7. For example, when he comes, well, you're, you're not going to have enough. You're not going to this. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care on him. Notice this. For he cares for you. He cares for you. He cares for you. So I'm going to cast the care of that on the Lord and say, he's caring for me. Uh, really, we're talking about God, but we're talking, really, you need to put the word father where every time you see God. Because this is a father's care for your life. Did anybody hear the first service in Lee's Summit about the forethought of God? The, 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 his, he sees ahead and provides. We got to believe that. We got to believe that. You have not come to a need yet in your life that God has not already foreseen it, prepared it ahead of time to meet that need. It's not that God has to do something when you, when you come up to the need. It's that he's already been there and taken care of it. You just have to know what, what's he saying to do. What, what's the direction or the leading of the spirit? Because every need is already met. He did all, according to Hebrews 4, he did all the work to prepare for your every need from the foundation of the world. I don't understand how he could do that. Well, just know that he knows everything. That's how he does it. He just knows. He knows. He knew you were going to be here before you knew you were going to be here. Before your mom and dad knew you were going to be here. Praise the Lord. It's an amazing thought, isn't it? And so, uh, casting all your care on him, for he, your father, cares for you. What does a father's care mean? God said in, in uh, one place, he said, uh, you know, be, come out from among the world and I'll be a father unto you. And you'll be my sons and daughters. What does that mean? I'll be a father unto you. Well, a father takes care of all the needs that a child has. Amen. That child doesn't have to go. He's, he's two years old. He's got to go get a job to pay for his bottle. Huh? I know it's silly for us to think like that. But you got, we got to think of that as our father. He, he's looking out for everything that concerns us. When it says he cares for us. He's taking the Father's part in everything that concerns you. Praise God. We're faith people. We got to believe the word. Say it out loud. He cares for me. Praise the Lord. But in order to like, like, okay, peace. You're looking for peace. He cares for you. His care for you was in him showing you his word to think of those thoughts. To think those thoughts. I don't have the verse written down, but it just comes up in my spirit right now. There's a verse in the book of Psalms that said, by thy word have I kept myself uh, from these, these, these other th- things of the enemy. Have I kept myself. His care for you is giving you his word to keep yes. yourself. Yes. 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 That's good. Somebody said, God's going to keep me. Well, yeah, he's giving you his word to keep yourself. Yes. You understand? Yes. It's a little like Jeremiah, or not Jeremiah, but Joshua 1 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that I'm deserve to do according to all that's written therein. And then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. God's saying, You're going to do it by keeping and meditating on my word. Somebody said, God's going to do it. No, you're going to. He said, You'll make your own way prosperous. He didn't say, I'm going to do it. He said, You'll make your own way prosperous. So you, you're going to make your own mind peaceful by putting it on the right things. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. 
I'm not preaching to people that don't need this tonight. I believe God led me. And so if your mind is troubled and disturbed, it's because you allowed that. I know that sounds like, well, you're saying it's me. Yeah. It's certainly not God. <laughs> Amen. So I'm going to live well, but it's dependent on me. Uh, me living well is not dependent on the devil leaving me alone. Well, whenever everything gets in order and everything's, you know, peaceful around me and all, you know, all my ducks are in a row and all the, you ever tried to herd ducks? Ducks don't get in a row. <laughs> my brother raised ducks on the farm and you cannot get ducks in a row. All right. <laughs> yeah, okay, go this way and quack, 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 and it's just... It's not going to happen. Don't wait for everything, to, all your circumstances to be in order before you're at peace. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody's getting some help tonight. I'm going to live well. It doesn't depend on the devil leaving me alone. It doesn't depend on the devil shutting his yakety yak yak. Right? It depends on me turning my attention away from that. Peace depends on me turning my attention away from that. Praise God. Remember Psalm 23, 5? He prepares a table before me in the presence. In the presence of my enemies. Well, I don't want the enemies to be around. Well, they're, they're here. They have a right to be here. Not in your life harassing you, but they have a right to be here. And they'll come and try to attack. But right in the presence of all the yakety yak yak, the threats of war, the threats of this, the threats of that, the threats of, you know, financial economy going down, whatever. Right in the presence of all that, that table is prepared and it is being, according to 2 Corinthians chapter number 2, it's also kept ready for you. God keeps this ready. It's there. It's offered. Amen. And so, one of the things that's on the table is peace. But you got to turn your, enemies, your, your, your mind away from the enemies and your attention away from the enemy. Because they're there yakety yak yak. Notice it didn't say that the enemies, it's very interesting here. It didn't say that the enemy could touch your blessings. He didn't say he could touch the table. You understand? As one minister said, the enemy knows he can't touch your stuff, only your thoughts. But sometimes that's all that's necessary to keep you from getting your stuff. Because the table's spread there, and he can't touch those. Those are sealed in the blood of Jesus. He can't touch those, but he'll touch your thoughts and say, no, you can't. You know, you, 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 whatever, thoughts of condemnation, thoughts of harassment, thoughts of, well, I don't know how to make that work. I don't, you know, it's never been that way. I never have walked in that blessing before. And, you know, all, those, all this stuff. The economy's bad or I don't get enough pay. I don't do this. I don't. And he'll try to harass you and keep your, he'll, he'll touch your thoughts and that will keep you from having your stuff. Am I making any sense? So he'll just work on your thoughts. And if you, you, he can distract you from what's on the table and keep your attention off what's on the table. He can keep you from having what's on the table. You ever notice you can't really receive from somebody that you're not paying attention to? It's like a football receiver. He, he's running his pattern. He's got he's to turn and look at where that ball's coming eventually. Not, maybe not right away, but eventually he's got to turn. Right? Yes, sir. He can't be like, hi, mom, are you watching? Are you getting a picture of this? No, he's got to look where the, he's got to be, he's got to receive. 
That's the truth. You got to turn, you got to turn your attention on what you're receiving. Praise the Lord. So I like the contemporary English version here in Psalm 23. It says, you treat me to a feast while my enemies watch. <laughs> That's all they can do if you won't put your attention on them. You can belly up. That's the way we said it when I was growing up. Belly up. That means pull yourself up to that table. Get your, see, this is not, notice it says, notice it doesn't say, thou prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies, and he sends an angel to spoon feed it to you. There's no spoon feeding. This is border house reach. You don't wait for somebody to serve you. You just say, there it is. It's mine. <laughs> I'm going to walk in this, and there's a big bowl of peace salad up there on the, on the table, and you can help yourself. Help yourself. Praise the Lord. Don't wait for somebody over, over here. They're tripping out. They're not going to take any. I'll take all of yours too then. I'm just... <laughs> I like that. I got to read that again. You treat me to a feast while my enemies watch. If you're, if you see, they're there over there, yakety yak yak, but they, they're not up at the table, they're back here. Turn your attention away from them, turn it to the table. Amen. I like the contemporary English version goes on to say, You honor me as your guest, and you fill my cup until it overflows. Wow. I'm the Lord's guest. Praise the Lord. Are you glad you came tonight? So, um, there's so much we could say about this, but just know this takes practice. Just yes. practice, practice, practice. If you find yourself, oh, there I am. I've, I've been thinking around, I've been thinking on troubled things for the last 10 minutes. Well, just say, Lord, forgive me and get your mind back on the word. Get your mind back on the word. And, and eventually you'll get better at not even going there. Anybody getting better at that than... You used to be, I'm better at that than I used to be. We're going to keep on reaching for that. There's more opportunities ahead to be troubled, and we're going to just pass them up. Thank you. No, thank you. I'm going to just take the salad on the table, the peace salad. Stand with me to your feet. Praise the Lord. Peace is his parting gift to us. Praise God. If you practice this correctly, you practice this correctly, you will be accused by some people of not caring. Yeah. You will be accused of not caring. Somebody said, well, I must be doing it wrong. They think I don't care. Jesus was accused, at least we have record of at least two times of not caring. Remember whenever they were on, going across the boat? What did they say when they woke him up? Don't you care that we perish? Right. Why would you be accused of not caring? Because you practice such peace that you're not all worked up about something that looks like certain death. Don't you care? Not in that way, no. My, my preaching all right? He was not cumbered by anxiety like other men. He just lived in peace. You need to get to the place to where nothing troubles you. Nothing, nothing flusters you. You know what I mean? Nothing gets you uh, edgy. 
We're all better at this than we used to, but all of us from time to time have to get a hold of ourselves in this area. Amen. Yeah, but the whole world's falling apart. Not me. Amen. Uh, worrying about things is like uh, putting yourself in a crock pot. The more you worry, the easier you fall apart. I, I, I like to kill deer venison. We eat venison, you know, replace it with, put it, put it in stews now. Um, but Miss Etta, she put some of that, she put, where's Miss Etta at? She, uh, she put, she put, so she canned some of that for us. And normally when we used to eat it, it'd be like, okay, here we go. <laughs> and we're chewing and chewing and chewing. But she, it wasn't quite that bad, but I'm just making, but, but she canned some of it for us where it's, it's cooked, you know, it's canned. Oh my goodness, it just falls apart. And that's what happens to Christians whenever they worry. They fall apart much quicker. It's like they're putting themselves in a pressure cooker and they fall apart. <laughs> Amen. Somebody said, the whole world's falling apart. Not me. I'm keeping my sanity. We, we are the most, we are to be the most sound-minded, level-headed, reasonable people making the best decisions in the midst of a world gone crazy and be like an oasis of peace for people that just like, boy, you're refreshing to be around. Amen. Don't you care? No, no, I got my care cast over on the Lord. Amen. But walking in peace is, doesn't happen by God coming along with a big peace stick and hitting you on the head like, voila. Look, I'm peaceful. Oh, I'm peaceful. That's what some people want, want God to do. You got to understand, that's what some people want God to do. But it's not going to happen. Turn your, I like what Pastor Nancy says, it's not a matter of earning, it's a matter of turning. Don't try to earn peace. Turn from what's troubling you. Turn your attention to the word. Praise the Lord. Jesus redeemed us from a life that's just tormented and anxious and worried and frustrated. And you know what I'm talking about? That, that, that is not. When the Lord said, I, I leave you, you, my peace I leave with you. He's talking about part of the abundant life. The abundant life includes not being all stressed out all the time. Doctors say, what do they say, 80% of diseases or people that visit them in the doctors is because of stress. And the, and the, the world wants to say, okay, you can see it all over now in commercials. They want to say, okay, you stressed out, take this medicine. Don't fall for all that stuff. I'm not saying there's not things that can help. I'm simply saying that's not the cure. That's a band-aid on the problem. That's just masking the real problem. The root of it is worry and anxiety. Amen. Hallelujah. So practice, 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 practice. When you find your attention on wrong, oh, no, Lord, forgive me. I'm getting my mind back on the Lord. And you can practice that and practice that till you become a whiz at it. World champion, peace walker. Praise the Lord. Praise that I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. An uncontrolled mind is the devil's workshop. He sets up shop, sets up his, 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 his stuff, and he goes to work, tormenting, troubling, 
and starting to hit it, your mind will, you listen, the body was not even created to handle work, the effects of work. The body starts breaking down. Amen. And it compounds itself because people can't sleep because of worry and then their body is not rested and so therefore it's breaking down more. Boy, I'm telling you, God's got the answer for these things. I said, God's got the answer for these things. Hallelujah. It's really a faith issue. Faith issue. I love what it says over in the book of Romans. Uh, The Bible talks about Abraham being not weak in faith. He considered not his own body. Weak faith. Listen to that. Being not weak in faith, he considered not. What he's saying is because he was strong in faith, he didn't let his mind go there. Take the opposite of what it says. Being not weak in faith. In other words, he was strong in faith. Because he was strong in faith, he wouldn't consider. Strong faith holds your attention. Strong faith holds your attention. That's a, that's a uh, expression of faith just as much as confessing the word. Where you refuse to let your mind go to troubled things. It's an expression of faith. It's an expression of faith to walk in peace. That's the, best, that's the best way to hear from God in the middle of troubling situations. You can't hear from God all worried and stressed out and fearful and struggling and stressed. And You know what I'm talking about? You, he's he's going to lead you by that still small voice. If you're all worked up and your attention's on all the things, God can't get through to you, which is what you really need. You need to hear from God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. Amen. Can you see how much this would fix? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We've had so many testimonies, people getting off medications and, and being freed from this. But let's just take some more ground. What do you say? It, we, we got tremendous opportunities all around us nowadays to have, you know, stress and be anxious about things. But let's just, let's, let's just keep on bringing people and keep walking in there so that people recognize there's something different about you. Amen. Hallelujah. To open their hearts to, to share the Lord with them. Father, we thank you tonight for the reminder. Father, we know these things, but we're, we're happy and blessed if we do these things. It's one thing to know them. It's another thing to do them. We choose to do them. We choose to be hearers, not just hearers, doers of what we hear. Father God, we, we, we get a hold of ourselves. We get a hold of our minds. And we say, Satan, they're not yours. We're not going to entertain your thoughts anymore. We turn our thoughts toward the Lord. And we live in perfect peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Remember Isaiah 26, that will keep him in perfect peace. The Hebrew literally says peace, peace. Peace, peace. In other words, on top of peace is another layer of peace. Oh, that's, that's, that. I'm, I'm wanting that. You know, one layer of cake is good, but how about a two layer cake? That's another level of goodness right there. Hallelujah. I I think it's even available to go three layers maybe. Peace, peace, peace. But you got to understand, people will accuse you. You just don't care. Just know that ahead of time and be ready for them. Compassion doesn't equal, uh, I mean, being worried about somebody doesn't equal compassion. Amen. Real love, I'm trying to quit, but real love takes situations that you can't do anything about and gives them to somebody who can do something about them. Two things you shouldn't worry about. Number one, don't worry about things you can do something about. Because if you can do something about it, just go do it. Don't worry about it. 
Number two, don't worry about things you can't do anything about because if you, can do, you can't do anything about it, what's good? worry is not going to do you any good. So don't worry about things you can do something about. Don't worry about things you can't do something about. In other words, don't worry about anything. Which I think was the verse said, don't be anxious for anything. So that must be scriptural. people say, if you don't, if you don't do so-and-so for me, I'm going to hurt myself. I just looked at him and said, that's manipulation. What you do is your choice. It's not based on what I do. It's what you do. Don't try to put that on me. Well, you don't care. No, you're manipulative. Somebody need to hear that. I'm not taking responsibility for your actions. Well, that needed to be said. Now we're ready to go. Praise the Lord. But you just make me mad. I can't make you do anything. You, that, you chose to get mad. When are we going to take responsibility for our own actions and not accuse other people of making us, you know. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah.